this time. We're going to pick up where we left off last Sunday, and then we're going to finish this off, presumably this morning. So Hebrews chapter 11, the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11. So we'll not be doing any review. By the way, if you you need a a study sheet, um, actually it's not even a sheet, it's a book. But if you need one, we'd be happy to get one to you if you don't already have one. Just raise your hand and uh, we will get one to you. Otherwise, the rest of you will just pick up where we left off uh, last week. And so if you could, uh, Steve, if you could skip all the way, I think it's to um, the fifth, the fifth slide, I think, the um, application, just where uh, the heading should be application, I think. So Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse number one, let's go ahead and stand in reverence to God's word. Hebrews chapter 11 and beginning in verse number one, the word of God says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your many blessings. Lord, we, th- we are thankful that you have given us substance, Lord God, and evidence, certainly evidence that uh, uh, has demanded the verdict, Lord God, that Faith in you certainly does work. And Lord, I pray that you would just bless as we continue with this this morning. Lord, certainly uh, it is applicable to each and every one of us. We all have uh, hurdles in our lives, dear Lord. We all have distractions. We all have obstacles that try to keep us from you. And Lord God, we know that faith will remove those obstacles or help us to get through, Lord God, those hardships And for that, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. Last week, we dealt with uh, the teachings of faith, Jesus, and the many mentions. He mentioned uh, mentioned instances of faith, and then, uh, of course, he kind of graded those instances of faith in uh, little faith, great faith, or no faith at all. And then, of course, uh, individuals that Jesus singled out. Uh, to, that demonstrated that faith. Some demonstrated no faith. Others demonstrated little faith. Others demonstrated great faith. And now we're looking at the application, how this applies, how it applies to us. A Christian can be strong or weak in faith. We know in Romans chapter 4 and in verse number 19, where the Apostle Paul mentions this, Romans chapter 4, verse number 19, when he is talking about faith here, And in Romans 4.19, he says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. And so, uh, of course, by faith, Abraham was able to to begat a child even long after his body was able to do that. It was by faith. And And the same with Sarah. He did not have weak faith, but a strong faith. You know, the longer we're saved, the more we should increase in faith. And we certainly saw that in Abraham's life and in Sarah's life, how that their faith grew as they matured in the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11, which is where we, uh, where we have our, our main text here. Hebrews chapter 11 is often called the hall of faith. There are several examples of people who lived and died who had great faith. It was George Mueller who said, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. 
And the beginning of faith is the end of anxiety. And so we as Christians, oftentimes, we take on these worries and we take on these burdens, and God never, God never intended for us to do that. As a matter of fact, we are to cast our burdens to Him because He cares for us. But we all have this tendency to worry. We all have this tendency to focus on the negative. So this morning, uh, what we are to do by faith. Um, let me turn this thing on and then we'll get going here. So what we are to do by faith. Uh, number one, we're to live by faith. We're to live by faith. And you probably have this one uh, filled out because we looked at this one last week. We're to live by faith. He, um, Hebrews 10, verse number 38, since we're right here. The word of God says, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So what is it that God has pleasure in? God has pleasure in individuals that put their faith and their trust in him and then live accordingly. Uh, But oftentimes when we have the opportunity to exercise our faith, we then will pull back and rely more on our talents or on those around us or the world around us. And the Word of God tells us that when we do that, God has no pleasure in us. Uh, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And the more faith we have and the more we demonstrate that faith, the more God is pleased. But when we back away, and of course there are great illustrations of this in the Word of God, the children of Israel, when God brought them to Kadesh Barnea, after bringing them through the wilderness and said, go in and possess the land, what did they do? They pulled back. They, uh, they, they, they looked at the situation, and as we learned on Wednesday night, they looked at their own talents, their own abilities, And then they looked at the promised land and they looked at the soldiers and they looked at the giants and they looked at the walled cities and they said, we are not able to do this. Of course, that was never the point. God said, I can do it. You go in and and, and I'll win the battles for you. And so they refused. Instead of living by faith, the Bible says that they drew back and God had no pleasure in them. As a matter of fact, That entire generation died. It took 40 years for that entire generation to die in the wilderness until the next generation arose that God would have pleasure in because when God said to that generation, go and possess the land, they didn't say, well, we can't because the Jordan is in front of us. It's overflowed its banks. No, they went and stepped in the Jordan and then God uh, stopped the waters of the Jordan. They walked through. The first city they came to was Jericho. They did exactly what God told them to do. The walls of Jericho came down and they went in and they destroyed that city. Live by faith. The just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So number one, we're to live by faith. Number two, we are to walk by faith. We are to walk by faith, which is very similar. And another way of of saying living by faith, Uh, these would be our actions 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And again, that illustration, the children of Israel, they saw the promised land. They saw the obstacles in the promised land. They were living by sight or walking by sight and said, we're not going to walk that way, even though God's commanded us to. 
We are to walk by faith and not by sight. Number three, godly edify by faith. Godly edify by faith. Faith will build you up. It'll also build others up around, around you when you live by faith in God's word. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 4, Paul talking to that young preacher boy, he says, Never get, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies. In other words, fads, fads that are, are popular in that day, uh, much of which cannot be proven, fables, endless genealogies, he says, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. And so godly edifying requires faith. Um, number four, be an example of faith. Be an example of faith, as Paul continued to write to that young preacher. He said, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. And there are several ways to be an example. Number one, in word, well, your, your conversation. Number two, in conversation, that is your walk. In charity, that's your love, the love you demonstrate for others as well as for God. In spirit, your spiritual, uh, your spiritual life. In faith and in purity. So 1 Timothy 4.12, be an example, an example of faith. All right, number five. We are to, and I know we're just going through here, but we got a lot of these to cover. Number five, keep the faith. Keep the faith. In other words, finish your course. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number seven. Paul writes at the end of his life, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. His faith didn't change throughout his life. It was the same at the beginning of his salvation as it was at the end of his salvation. Obviously, he lived a a stronger faith, but his faith was in Jesus Christ at the beginning. His faith would be in Jesus Christ also at the end. He kept his faith. And then number six, we need to ask in faith. Ask in faith. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse number 6, But let him ask in faith. And of course, he's talking about the challenging Christian life. And I don't know how to do this. Uh, I have no idea how to get through. And, and so uh, James says, uh, uh, then ask in faith. Ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. So a lot of people, when they ask God and then God gives them the answer, they waver because they don't like the answer. They don't like the answer God gave them. And so the Bible says, ask in faith. That means if God gives you the answer, you accept that answer by faith. You don't waver or waffle because you don't like the answer God has given to you. Oh, Lord, I've got this uh, awesome awesome job opportunity it's in another state man i'd love to live in that state and that job is my dream job i'd love to have that dream job i'd love to live in that state i'd love to get out of this area here uh but but i will pray about it and then as god uh as you pray about it and then god through the preaching of the word and oftentimes even through maybe the counsel of your preacher gives you the answer you don't want to hear you waver and rather than accepting God's answer, you, uh, you accept your own answer. 
And oftentimes, we, we've all been guilty of this. We have this preconceived idea of what God would have us to do. And then when God wants us to do just the opposite or do something different, then we waver or we waffle. But we need to ask in faith. That means I'm going to accept the answer that God gives me. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. In other words, we're letting the same, same circumstances drive us that drive the rest of the world. And we are to be completely different than that. Also, number seven, we overcome the world by faith. Overcome the world by faith. In John, 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4, John writes, For whatsoever is born of God, that is, Christians, those who have been born again, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And we sing that song, Faith is the victory. That overcomes the world. So those are just, that's just a a, a list of seven things that we ought to do by faith. We ought to, uh, we ought to live by faith, walk by faith, edify by faith, be an example of faith, keep the faith, ask in faith, and overcome the world by faith. Okay, Uh, capital B, what faith will do, what faith will do. Number one, faith believes. So when you ask in faith and God gives you the answer you don't, you don't like, that the flesh doesn't like, it doesn't matter because faith believes. Remember uh, when we talked about Jesus being incarnate and Jesus succumbing to the, uh, to the, to the weaknesses of the flesh. But even though he succumbed to the weaknesses of the flesh, he, he still... Uh, observed and went according to the will of the Father. And we saw, we saw when the two collided there just before he went to the cross, when he prayed to God the Father, oh, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. That was the flesh saying, I don't want to go to the cross. Flesh doesn't want to go to the cross. Flesh doesn't want to suffer. Flesh doesn't want to be inconvenienced. And so Jesus gave us a glimpse there of the flesh, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, that's the will of this flesh, not my will, but thy will be done. And of course, he believed God the Father over his own flesh. He demonstrated that to us, how that we are to live. Faith believes. Faith says, God says this, my flesh says this, my emotions say this, my heart says this, but God says this, so I'm going to believe God every single time. And we've all believed the flesh and suffered for it. In uh, Matthew chapter 21, Matthew chapter 21, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, But also, if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. And by the way, Jesus demonstrated that mountain, did he not? That flesh provides huge mountains. Uh, Lord, if it be possible. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. This is a huge mountain that I'm facing. Nevertheless, I will trust you to remove 
that mountain. If ye, say, if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. And um, I'm so thankful for a Savior who didn't just tell us this is what you do. He showed us this is how you do it. Mountains come. Not only does, uh, not only does faith believe, we also know faith moves. Faith moves. Faith moves. In Luke chapter, uh, Luke chapter 7, Luke chapter 7, we see a great illustration of a woman who is moved to wash and anoint the feet of Jesus despite all the obstacles. Jesus was in a, he was at a dinner with really a bunch of elitists. And that, that woman knew what she was going to go through when she went in there. And she did. She was ridiculed for it. But nonetheless, she was so moved by faith to anoint Jesus' feet in the presence of a multitude of people. Faith will move you when nothing else can. Faith is our great motivation. So have faith in Him. But also faith is, number three, grateful. Faith is grateful. One of the things Jesus pointed out in Luke chapter 7, verses 40 through 44 through 50 when when she went in and she anointed Jesus and she and she uh, she washed his feet he pointed out that she was grateful because her sins that were many had been forgiven also in Luke chapter 17 verse number 17 Jesus answering and said were there not 10 cleansed talking about the 10 lepers the 10 lepers that went and as they went uh, they, were, they were cleansed of their leprosy. The Bible says nine of them went on their way, but one came back to show his gratitude to Jesus. That's the one that demonstrated faith. So Jesus asked the rhetorical question, were there not ten cleansed? The answer, yes, there were ten who were healed. But where are the nine? He says, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. Now, as for the rest of them, their, their leprosy was gone, but they were not made whole. But this individual, his faith had made him whole. You know, many people come to know Christ as personal Savior. And whether they're saved, that's, that's for God to judge. But many people will make professions, and many people will even go through the, uh, the act of baptism. But beyond that, you never see them showing their gratitude toward Jesus Christ. Beyond that, they, they, they rarely come to church. They, they, they never volunteer. Uh, they never do anything for the Lord. They, they never show uh, that... Uh, that there actually was a change in their life. In other words, there's never that gratitude. Boy, when you know that you were deserving of hell and Jesus Christ saved you, that ought to drive you to be, to be grateful the rest of your life. Because I'm on my way to heaven. Hey, I know the scoundrel that I am, and I know what I deserve, yet Jesus 
continually forgives me. His blood washed me and made, made me whiter than snow. My sins are as far away from me as the east is from the west. Uh, I am so thankful for that. I'm so grateful for that. This one leper came back and said, man, I do not deserve for my leprosy to be gone. I have to go back. I've got to be a follower. I have to show my gratitude. And so Jesus said to him, um, not only are you free of your leprosy, you've been made whole. Your faith has made you whole. Faith is grateful. But another thing that faith is, number four, it's persistent. Faith is persistent. Why do we continually pray for people who are not saved and some we've been praying for for five years, others ten, others a lifetime we've been praying for them? Why do we continue to pray for them? Because of faith, because we believe that God can save no matter who the individual is or no, no, matter, no matter their situation. Faith is persistent. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus gives the illustration of the woman who kept coming to the king, the the unrighteous king, the king who did not judge righteously. But because of her persistence, the king finally said, you know, just to get this woman off my back, I'm going to grant her her request. And so in Luke chapter chapter 18, verse number 7, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, Though he bear long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. The question here is when the Son of Man comes, is he going to find people who are still persistent in their faith? Or will they have given up? Number five, not only is faith persistent, number five, five, faith purifies. Faith purifies. God which knoweth the hearts, in Acts chapter 15, verse number 8. God which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. And so, well, this was the, uh, the Jews and the Gentiles both, as uh, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They realized that uh, their hearts had been purified just as our hearts had been purified through faith. Also, we know in, in uh, number six that, that faith saves. Ephesians chapter two, verse number eight, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Faith saves. Number seven, faith justifies. Boy, there's nothing like standing justified before the Savior. Standing justified before the judge. As we stand before him, we know we ought to be guilty. But as we stand before him, we've been justified. As a matter of fact, Romans 3.28, Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith. Of course, faith in Christ, not just faith in anything, but faith in Christ. So faith saves, faith justifies Number eight, faith makes righteous, which is important because the Bible says that there is none righteous, no, not one. But Romans 4, verse number five says, But to him that worketh not, 
but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. So as we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we know that there's none righteous, no, not one. But when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we are viewed as righteous and in, in righteousness. Not by works, because all our righteousness, all our righteous works are as filthy rags before God. But boy, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then we are counted as righteous. So faith makes righteous. Number nine, and this is a great one, faith gives access. Faith gives access. In the Old Testament, your access to God was by way of the priest by way of the offerings, by way of the sacrifices. As a matter of fact, the, uh, the Old Testament Ark of the Covenant had on it a, a lid that was, that was called the mercy seat. And that Ark of the Covenant went into the tabernacle. Uh, before there was a temple, it went into the tabernacle. And then it went, into the, uh, it went behind the second veil of the tabernacle where no one was allowed to go except the high priest would go once a year with the blood of the offering, uh, the atonement. And he'd go in, and the Bible says he'd go in once for himself, and then he'd go in another time for all the people. And if anyone else would try to go in, they would die. They did not have access to God because Jesus had not yet died on the cross. But our faith in Christ and what he did for us now gives us access as a matter of fact, we are told that we can come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy in times of need. Boldly meaning we don't have to go and be afraid to die. doesn't mean we come disrespectfully. Hey, you, I'm here. No, we still go respectfully, as Peter points out, with fear and trembling. But we don't have to go in fearing death. We have access to him because Jesus Christ is our mediator he is uh he's the offering he's the sacrifice he's the high priest and he's made each and every one of us who are saved priests now we have access romans chapter 5 verse number 2 by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of god so faith gives access. Number 10, faith stands. Faith stands. You know, there are some times because of our faith, we have to take a stand. We have to uh, disobey the will of men and sometimes even the laws of men. Just as the apostles did there in the book of Acts and they were told you can't preach in the name of Jesus. And, and they said we ought to obey God rather than men, because our faith is in him. And so faith stands. And, you know, we have already seen over the last couple of years, and we're probably going to be seeing it more and more, how that we as God's people, we're going to have to take a stand by faith. That even though the whole world, the rest of the world may say, oh, that teaching is wrong and and that teaching by today's standards are barbaric, we still have to stand. We're going to stand for the family as God defines the family. We're going to stand for marriage as God defines the marriage. 
We're going to stand for the church as God defines the church. We're going to stand for, uh, for uh, discipline in the family as God defines discipline in the family. We are going to stand by faith. And the Bible tells us that faith stands. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 24. Not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy. For by faith ye stand. For by faith ye stand. No one has dominion over your faith. God is who we put our trust and our faith in. And so by faith we stand. And then by faith, sometimes we must wait. By faith, sometimes we must wait. One of the fruit, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, patience. Boy, that's a hard one. But by faith, we must wait. Galatians 5.5 5, For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. You know, Abraham began waiting on Sarah, his wife, instead of waiting on God. God said, wait, I'm going to give you that child. And then, uh, of course, Sarah came up with the idea, this isn't going to work. You need to go go to my handmaid. And so Abraham, for, for a time, started waiting on his wife instead of waiting on God. And it got him into all kinds of trouble. We need to wait upon the Lord. He'll renew our strength. We need to wait upon the Lord. So uh, faith waits because God never, God never goes back on his promises. Boy, think how long that the, that the Jews had to wait for the Messiah. But faith waits. Number 12, even while faith is waiting, faith still works. Faith works. In James chapter 2, verse number 17, we read, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. So faith works. Faith not only believes, but faith acts on that belief. I mean, if you truly believe, there's going to be works that, that coincide with that belief, with that faith. And so faith works, and actions certainly do speak louder than words. Faith also comforts others. Faith comforts others. First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse number 7, Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. We were comforted. You know, the, the church in Thessalonica was really going through it, and Paul was really concerned about them, and, and he sent... Uh, uh, he sent uh, Timothy to Thessalonica, and, and then when he came back, he, he said, we're comforted by your faith. You know, as you go through hardships and people observe how you get through them, your faith is going to comfort others, especially when they go through the same thing later, and you can counsel them, and they realize you've already been through this, your faith will be a comfort to them. So faith comforts others faith also makes the word profitable it makes the word profitable you know without faith it's just a book that's all it is but when we demonstrate our faith when we live by faith we walk by faith then this book comes alive and then we realize it's more 
than history. It's more than science. It's more than a narrative. Boy, faith, it makes the word profitable. Hebrews chapter 4 and in verse number 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto to them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Great illustration once again, the children of Israel heard the word of God. The word of God told them, go in and possess the land. Well, they had the word, but that word was not profitable because they didn't believe the word. They didn't have faith in the word. And so that, uh, that lack of faith, it minimized the word and it did not profit them. The word of God did not help them one bit. Why? Because it wasn't mixed with faith. Now the next generation came along and God said, go possess the land. And they went and therefore the word, the word plus their faith, it profited. They went and conquered Jericho. They went and conquered uh, uh, land after land, nation after nation, city after city. Because the word mixed with faith, it profited them. Their parents and grandparents had the same word, but it didn't do anything for them because they didn't, uh, they didn't mix it with faith. And that is where you can have two people, two Christians, same situation. One gets through, the other is stuck the rest of their lives in that problem, in that situation or in that, uh, in that emotional state. What's the difference? One mixed the word with faith. The other says, well, this just doesn't help me at all. This, I mean, I've been going to church, and, and I've been reading the word. It hasn't helped me one bit. It's because you got to have all the ingredients. you got to have faith. you got to have the word. you got to mix them together. And, of course, with the, with the faith comes the works, obviously, the walk the conversation, but faith makes the word profitable. Number 15, faith understands. Faith understands. Through faith we understand, Hebrews 11, verse number 3. Through faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that the things which, were, which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And faith gives you a, a great understanding doesn't answer all the questions. My, how did God speak the words into ex- or the world into existence? Well, that part I don't understand, but I do understand He did. He did speak the world into existence, and He did it in six days, six twenty-four hour periods, and then on the seventh day, the Bible says that He rested. Faith understand stands number sixteen. Faith pleases God. And we know this one, Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So people who are motivated by faith, they're not going to be casual in their Christianity because they're motivated. Therefore, they're diligent in their Christianity. They're diligent because of their faith. And that faith pleases God. 
And then God rewards those who are diligent in their service to him. And my, there's a message right there that could be preached and ought to be preached in every church, especially the more that this casual Christianity becomes more acceptable and becomes the norm. Christianity is all about being casual today, where the Word of God says it's, it's, it's diligent Christianity that God rewards, that God blesses, that actually sees the power of the Holy Spirit and sees the work that is done. Faith pleases God. Faith makes one rich. Faith makes one rich. Now, no, we're not talking about prosperity Christianity here. But you do know this, that if you have trusted in God, you understand how rich you are. And that if you have put into practice God's word, you put it into practice in your family, you put it into practice in your personal life, you understand how rich you are, how wealthy you are. Mike, consider how wealthy you are just in knowing where you're going to go when you die, because we're all going to die one day unless we go in the rapture. That is wealth. Knowing for sure when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. That God is going to accept me. That God has a place for me. I've been adopted into the family of God. That makes me rich. Faith makes one rich. James 2.5, hearken my beloved brethren. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? God's taken the poor of this world and, and made them rich because of their faith. Heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him. Now, I might not have a rich relative that is going to one day leave me a, a, a mass of wealth. But I do have a rich God who one day is going to hand me uh, a mass of wealth in that I am an heir of the kingdom and um, heirs together with Jesus Christ. That's an amazing thing. Faith makes you rich. Also, number 18, faith prays. Faith prays. James 5.15, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. We also know that the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It accomplishes a lot. That's why faith prays, because the righteous man knows the man who lives by faith understands that prayers are answered. Not always the way I want them to be answered, but nonetheless, they're always answered according to God's will, and God's will is always best. Prayers are answered. That's why faith praise. All right, so we move on to letter, capital letter C, continuing on in this application. And boy, we have a lot to cover. How to get faith. How to get faith. Well, the first step is the obvious one. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first step. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, of course, from there, your faith will grow if you allow it to. Romans 10, 9 and 10, you know this, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe, believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made 
unto salvation. So how to get faith? Step number one, you've got to be saved. You've got to be saved. Number two, after you're saved, you ought to listen to the Word of God. <clears throat> listen to the Word of God. Romans 10, verse number 8. But what saith it? The Word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is, the Word of faith which we pre- preach. Romans eight seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it doesn't mean just sitting and hearing it. That, that term hearing means to hear, to apply, to do. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen to the word. My, in this day and age of getting rid of church services, we probably ought to be adding church services. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Number three, if you want your faith to grow, have the fruit of the Spirit. Have the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians five twenty-two. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Galatians 5.22 is a great thing to, to take and, and apply to your life. It's a great outline for your life. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Man, how's, how's the love in my life? Do I love others? Or do I easily dismiss and hate others? Particularly if they disagree with me. If they disagree with my my politics, or they disagree. You know, Jesus loved those even who disagreed with him. We live in a day and age where people preach tolerance, but they practice just the opposite if you don't agree with them. And they don't want, they don't want a dialogue. They don't want to discuss. They just want to cancel you. And honestly, it's on both sides. It's not just—it's not just on the left. I've seen the right do the same thing, just uh, trying to cancel people because, well, uh, your opinion—it it means nothing. Well, it means something to them. It, it may be wrong, but how's your love? How's your joy? Is your joy circumstance uh, based on circumstance? Circumstantial. Is it based on everything going right in your life? And if not, the joy is gone. And your faith in God disappears. Peace. Long-suffering. Oh, I can have patience until somebody crosses me. Well, that's not real patience. Long-suffering. Gentleness means always gentle. Goodness means always good. And then faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. You could spend and ought to spend the rest of your life working on those things right there. Have the fruit of the Spirit. Number four, go through tests of adversity. And we're going to stop with this one because this is kind of what we're going to cover in the 11 o'clock service today. Go through tests of adversity. In James chapter 1, verse number 3, 
knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. God brings adversity into our life, and it helps us to realize where our faith is. I don't know about you, but many times I've gone through a test of adversity, and then I see God get me through it, and at the end I have to ask forgiveness. Lord, forgive me, because I had a bad attitude through that adversity. Because I just, and why have a bad attitude? Because of my lack of faith, because of me, not because of God. Tests of adversity. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So God allows us to go through tests of adversity to help us with our faith and to help our faith to grow. All right, we're going to go ahead and stop right there. And uh, yeah, about a 10-minute break before the morning service at 11 this morning.